Welcome to audio from Ballyhalbert Gospel Hall. Listen in as we open God's Word and share how it should impact our lives. We hope it blesses you. prayers. Thank you Ivan for your singing. You know he's never at his happiest, happier when he's sitting there with his wee guitar. Honestly do you see the wee smile on his face while he's singing? And I've known him so long and he's always been the same and then that wee daughter comes along and she's just like him and I know that in a few days time she'll definitely be over a quarter of a century old because the one I had a few, a couple of weeks before her was 26 this week, and I don't look like it, <laughs> but I feel like it. Turn to 1 Samuel 22, please. And you know, David was a boy of, it's hard to know the timeline between Killing Goliath and the week that he went on the run that we talked about the last time we talked about David because he had become a commander in Saul's army and he had went up through the ranks and he was more successful so maybe there could have been a, a couple of years there so he's maybe gaining on 20 by now when he goes on the run this week, because he can take no more on, on, on this week that we found that he lost everything. And, uh, but God is always in control, you know. He, he, God allows him to lose everything. In fact, God demands that he loses everything. Because this leader would need to have God as his priority at all times. And if you've lost, or if you're a parent, or a grandparent, or a great-grandparent, and you've got a, or you've been a Sunday school teacher and you've taught people something, and you see the people that you love straying from the Lord well you know don't worry about it too much because God is in control and David really blew it in this week you know he, he went after he did all the things that you think he should have done but actually he should have went to God first but God got him to himself at the back of this cave so let's just read the first few verses of 1 Samuel 22 David left Gath. Remember, Gath is the headquarters of the Philistines, where he had run there to think that he'd be safe there. He'd be, he'd be anonymous, and they recognized him straight away. And they said, is that not David the king who they sing about? Saul is slain as thousands, and David is tens of thousands. And so he had to act insane. He lost his self-respect. That was the last. So David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam, when his brothers and his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. All those who were distressed or in debt 
or discontent that gathered round him, and he became their leader. About 400 men were with him. From there, David went to Mizpah in Moab and said to the king of Moab, Would you let my father and my mother come and stay with you until I learn what God will do for me? So he left them with the king of Moab, and they stayed with him as long as David was in the stronghold. We'll try and deal a wee bit about the latter verses of that or in a, in a wee while, but we need to go back into the cave. So please turn to Psalm 142. And we read this the last time, but God didn't want me to come out of the cave any quicker than David came out of it. So let's stay there for a while. And because we read this one the last time, I'll try and get through it quickly. Because we need to turn to Psalm 57 after that. And Psalm 34 after that. You hope you put your dinner in a slow cooker and not in a fast oven. Psalm 142. A mask of David when he was in the cave. A prayer. A prayer. I cry aloud to the Lord. I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out my complaint before him. Before him I tell my trouble. Now there's a, there's a progression in this, in this psalm. He talks about the Lord, capital letters there, Yahweh, the, the God of, of Israel. And, he, and at some point at the back of that cave, David came to the conclusion I can run no more. There's nowhere, when you get to the back of a cave and there's a solid wall, and he must have just fell on his knees and said, Oh God. Do you remember Billy Strachan here 30 something years ago telling us his testimony and how he got out of his bunk and he got down beside his bed and he didn't know anything? really and he just said God I don't know if you're real but if you are please save me and the big guy from the bunk above him got down and hit Billy Strachan a thump above the about the gub and the blood was flying out of him and Billy said people say were you emotional when you got saved he said I was in absolute tears he says but God saved him David is crying out to the God of Israel here. Father, I've forgotten about you the last week. I've been running to my home and my wife and my spiritual leader and they're all good things you've given me, God. And then I ran, ran to my best friend, Jonathan. Thank you for him. But I'm still on the run, Lord, and my legs can run no more. And so I'm crying out to you. There's nowhere else to run. I've lost everything. But I've got you. Thanks for letting me find that. Sometimes God will have to do that to you. I met a man this week. He was sent to me. He was brought up to me on Monday morning. And my coordinator supervisor said to me, this is 
uh, and he's here for training, and I went, oh, no, not another one. Because <laughs> they don't want to know. I said to him, so, you know, leave him with me for 10 minutes. The last guy, I told him everything I know in five. Uh, and I had him trained. Everything I know, I passed on to him in five about cleaning. So don't go to the hospital. That's all I know. Anyway, this guy was left training with me. And by 10 o'clock, we were having a break. And he said to me, I'm a Christian, you know. And I said, so am I. And he said, I know that. And you know what? People see Christ in you when you don't see it in yourself. Because I thought, oh, you're lousy. You should have got in first there. You should have witnessed to him. You were too busy thinking about, I can't get my work done with this guy asking questions. And he was keen. A lovely Christian guy. And he told me a story of how he lost the most incredible person in his life just a few months ago, his wife. You know what? God takes us through it. And this guy, he just has Christ beaming out of him. God needs to take you on a journey. Remember? Deeper into him. Deeper. But in that journey, you tell. God's open to you telling him your, your troubles. I pour out my complaint before him. Before him, I tell my trouble. What was your trouble, David? And he said this to God, when my spirit grows faint within me, it is you who know my way. God, I ran to my wife and I ran to my house and I ran to Samuel and I ran to Jonathan. But it's only you who know my way, really. You know. Thank you, Lord, that I've come to you. Did you, you know, Lord, that men have hidden a snare for me. I look to my right and see no one is concerned for me. I have not nobody left. I have no refuge now. In the three Psalms, in fact in the Psalms generally, but in these three Psalms, this word refuge comes up more than once in each of the Psalms. No one cares for my life. God will sometimes take you to that point. Do you ever go on a low? Go on a low and you think, nobody cares about me. And there is a wee voice that says to you, there are people who care for me, but you, you in that moment feel nobody cares for you. And David felt this, so you're, you're in good company. If you've ever felt this way. And then God breaks in at the back of the cave. I look look at the progression. It was just the God of Israel. Now it becomes very intimate and personal. I cry to you, O Lord. I cry to you. I say, You are my refuge. My portion in the land of the living. I lost everything. But I found you. Listen to my cry. Lord, you know how I'm feeling. Thank you. Listen to my cry. 
For I am in desperate need. Rescue me from those who pursue me. For they are too strong for me. And you know what? We'll never make it in the Christian life until we get there. Because you can't do this stuff. We can't do the Christian life. We can't deal even with our own feelings at times and the hurts that other people bring upon us and the problems in our life. They're far too big for us. And David admits now to God, I tried everything. But I'm asking you to rescue me from those who pursue me for they are too strong for me. Set me free from this prison that I may praise your name. David does this sort of thing in the Psalms. You know, he he gets to a point where he realizes that trying to do everything yourself and trying to cover up and trying to run and do all sorts of things for yourself is a prison. And he's the he's songwriter of Israel. He's the guy that wrote the best lyrics there ever have been. But at certain times in his life, and this is one of them, he tells God that the prison became so much for him that he had stopped praising. You'll find that in Psalm 51, by the way, near the end of it. He talks about being able to sing again, being able to write songs again taking up his harp and his lyre again. And then he says these words, Set me free from my prison that I may praise your name. Then the righteous will gather about me because of your goodness to me. Now while David's at the back of the cave praying this stuff, he doesn't know what's happening outside the cave but God is preparing the man in the cave for what's happening outside the cave so let's move over to Psalm 57 please and the progression continues it's still a psalm that David wrote in the cave when he had fled from Saul and now he's Saying to God, have mercy on me, O God. Have mercy on me. Do you know what God is like? I walk along the beach and and I look out at that Irish sea flowing in and wave after wave after wave after wave and it just keeps coming. And every morning when I get up and look out, it's still coming. And then it goes back to Scotland and then it comes back to us and it just keeps coming wave after wave after wave. Well, that's like God's mercy. You know? There's no end to it. So when David says, have mercy on me, he knows there's plenty of it. Have mercy on me, oh God. I need more of it. Have mercy on me. He says it twice. For in you my soul takes refuge. Before he was talking about, I, I, find my, I want my refuge and I have no refuge. I think he was thinking physically, I have nowhere else to run. And now he's saying, not only are you a refuge for me to run to in this 
in this week that I've had the most horrendous week in my life, Lord, but you are the refuge for my soul. That clock can't be right. The clock is right. Trust you used to get a clock that was right. Have mercy on me, O God, for in you my soul, the deepness of me, the progression is that I know that my everything I need for my inner being is found in you. I take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. Now, I said to you before, if you've got children or grandchildren or great-grandchildren or people that you taught in Sunday school or people, you friends that are not walking with God, take heart here. If you've ever shared the truth with anyone, the truth can stand up for itself. And some, something spoke to me about in this. And we read earlier that David said, well, David, David took, looked after his mum and dad when he, he, he came out of the cave. We're jumping ahead a bit, but he, when he came out of the cave, one of the things he did was to take care of his mum and dad. And I love that for another reason, because his mum has never been mentioned, you know. But it says that he took his mother and father and took them down to Mizpah and Moab. I remember it. Yeah, well, he would, wouldn't he? Because he's got connections with Moab. And it's far enough away for Saul not to get to his mum and dad because the danger is that this man will do anything now to get to David. And he's thinking, how can I make my mum and dad safe? I'll take them down to Moab. That's where my great-grandmother was from. Great woman, you know, called Ruth. No roofs here, no other. Who's hiding? Oh, you're hiding there, Ruth. Okay, I got you. Uh, and he took her down to Moab. But do you know what? This wee phrase, my soul finds, re- and in you my soul takes refuge. I take refuge in the shadow of your wings. It's in his DNA to say that. Because if you go to Ruth, and I'll go to Ruth, try and go to Ruth quickly. Ruth chapter 2 and verse 12. Boaz said to Ruth, May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Isn't that incredible? So if you have children and you've shared the truth with them, it's in their DNA. It'll come back somewhere along the way. And over and over in the Psalms, he uses this phrase, I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings. And this he adds, until this disaster has passed. He's starting to get confident in God. This is going to pass. A pastor once told me when I was telling him about some trouble I was having in a, in the, in a church He said, don't worry too much about it. It will pass and something else will come along. (laughs) 
what a word of encouragement. But it's actually wisdom because in church leadership, everything, eventually it passes, but something else comes along. Right, verse 2. I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purposes for me. He realizes in this confidence, now this was all your purpose, God. He sends from heaven and saves me, rebuking those hotly who pursue me. God, you're on my side. Look what God sends. God sends his love and his faithfulness. Just, just think of that. God sends his love and his faithfulness. David is at the back of the cave still, and he's thinking, God sends his love and his faithfulness. What else does anybody really need? If you could just think that you have God's love and his faithfulness, you are rich. Well, guess what? You have an abundance, an everlasting supply, every single person in here, of God's love and his faithfulness. And he sends it to you every day and every moment. Just accept that. David says to God, I am in the midst of lions. I lie down with ravenous beasts, men with teeth, whose teeth are sharp spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. But you, God, be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. They spread a net for me. I was bowed down in distress. They dug a pit in my path, but they have fallen into it themselves. And at the back of the cave, this poor man is starting to build up courage in God. There's nowhere else, nobody else there, by the way. He's probably still hungry. Remember, he had to get big bread of Abimelech, the priest. He's probably exhausted. He's probably had no sleep in this week, but he's starting to really find his feet again. And God, my heart is steadfast to God. Not about my body, Lord. I'm hungry and I'm tired. But my heart, this man who has a heart after God, my heart is steadfast to God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. I was thinking about that, my heart is steadfast. That, that's, that's security. Ivan and I, in our stupidity, found some security in an anchor in a boat out there in the middle of the sea sometimes, and we threw out a line and tried to catch fish, and we never caught anything, you know, because we don't know anything about the sea. And if he's like me, we don't know anything about fishing either. But we tried, and we put an anchor down, and it holds the boat, and that's security. There's a wee verse in Hebrews that says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul. Security. And David finds a security in God. And so then he says, awake my soul. What are you doing? I will sing and make music. Awake my soul. Awake harp and lyre. I'm going to play this so loud. I'm going to wake in the dawn. I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. 
for great and he didn't know what was happening outside the cave yet. I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. For great is your love reaching to the heavens and your faithfulness. Remember, those are the two things that God sends down. Now David is saying they reach up. There's so much they reach up to the heavens. For great is your love reaching to the heavens and your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God. Above the heavens, let your glory be over all the earth. And quickly turn over to Psalm 37. Because that too is written at the cave. I've come to the conclusion it was not written in the cave. And that could be, no, it's not 37, it's 34. And you'll take encouragement that this is the longest of the three. (laughs) Panic on on Tom's face. But listen to this. I think David got up off his knees and he made his way to the exit and he thought, God is with me. And he got to the door and he saw a crowd coming towards him. Did you read who they were? 2 Samuel, all those who were in distress, well, first of all, his father and his brothers. Remember the brothers who didn't think much of him? Well, now they've come to him in his distress. And God needs to do that in our lives sometimes too. If we we think we're above people or they think we're above them, we will have no way with them. But when we are broken and they see God in us, they, saw, they now see David as the leader they need. All those who were distressed or in debt or discontented gathered round him and he became their leader. About 400 men were with him. Now with those 400 men, like the feeding of the 5,000 that we often talk about, the 5,000 men, there was the families with them and everything too. So it was a big crowd of people here. But they're a ragged bunch all those who are distressed or in debt or discontented. Who were they distressed and in debt to or discontented with? I believe it was Saul. The king who was supposed to be governing the land under God, their real king, was not governing the land in a, in a godly way. And he had taxed them to pieces and he was greedy for himself and he thought about himself and he was on the edge and they didn't know when he would turn on them and they know something that David doesn't know they already know that Saul has put to death all of the priests in the town of Nob along with the whole city the whole town and all its people and all its animals and those people just want somebody to really lead them who has a heart for God So if you feel distressed this morning or in debt or discontented, you know what? You have a leader called Jesus. Nobody has a heart like for God like him. He is God. But he came to earth to live among us 
and we can come to him and he is our leader. David here is, is a picture of Christ. And they came and made him their leader. So let me read you quickly Psalm 34 because I think this psalm, we've just had our election. Don't go to sleep there on that note. Maybe you stayed up all night to watch it. I watched too much of it yesterday myself, I have to confess. This is David's manifesto now. He's found his God again. And he knows that his God has a purpose for his life. And he comes out of the cave and he, and he, this psalm is to these discontented, distressed and in people in debt. And he says to them, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted, let the afflicted here and rejo rejoice the distressed, those in debt and the discontented. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Here, guys, glorify God, the Lord, with me. Let us exalt his name together. At the back of that cave, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who looked to him are radiant. If you just saw me at the back of that cave when I got there, I was not looking like this. But when I found him, this radiance came on me. That guy I met during the week, he's been through so much, and yet he is radiant. I sought the Lord. And he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. And he delivers them. Hey folks, all of you and all of you, taste and see that the Lord is good. I'm your... I am your new leader, and yet, you know what? I am nothing. I, I've just found God at the back of that cave, and he is everything. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his saints. For those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, my children, says David to these people. Listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cry. So if you're in distress or in debt, or discontent that the eyes of the Lord are on you if you will just fear him if you're righteous and his ear is attentive to your cry the face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them he delivers them from all their troubles 
The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. A righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He protects all his bones. Not one of them will be broken. Evil will slay the wicked. The foes of the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems his servants. No one will be condemned who takes refuge in him. Do you know what? David knew he would become king. But David never got caught up or entrapped by the wrappings of being a king because he knew from the back of a cave who the king really was. It's the Lord. And in all the thousands of years since he wrote that stuff, he hasn't changed. So you can go home and read it again this afternoon over and over and take it in and believe it. It is truth. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you love us. Thank you that you haven't changed. You send your love and your faithfulness from heaven. Your love is as deep as the deepest sea. Your faithfulness is unending. You are so faithful to us even when we're so unfaithful to you. So speak into our hearts. Make us people that are righteous. Help us to be people who walk after you, who hunger after you. And thank you that you never turn your ear away from those who earnestly seek you. And so answer our deepest needs, we pray today. In Jesus' name, amen.